0: Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Calon FM.
1: Welcome to the business community with me, Tracy Jones. And me, Heather Noble. And uh, we're back in the studio live and it's been a couple of weeks. We've been recording for the last couple of weeks and it's lovely to be back in the studio. And it's a lovely sunny day as well today. Gorgeous. Although if you're listening to this on the podcast, I'm sorry, I haven't got a clue what the weather is right now for you. But it was a gorgeous day when we recorded this. (laughs) Now, the subject we're going to talk about in the first part of the show is something that is relatively new to us, old ladies here. Um, <laughs> Speak which is, for yourself. Yeah, sorry. Um, I, tell me you didn't have to Google it.
0: No, I knew what it was. No, oh, right. okay. no, I knew
1: what P2P it was. P two P apps is what we're look, talking about: the rise of the payment apps. Um, because an article caught my eye on the BBC website, 18th of September. The Rise of the Payment App and with um, quotes, I hardly use cash anymore. Mm. And we're talking about things here like Venmo, Zelly, Apple Pay, Facebook Messenger, WeChat Pay and Square Cash. So, wow. OK, that has gone a bit above my head. But and you see people doing it all the time with their uh, their watches, their Apple watches and their phones. Um And it led me to read a little bit more and go, actually, yeah, I probably do this in a way. You know, you you make payments to your friends through PayPal, that's peer-to-peer payments. And then, obviously, what's the impact there? This is a real growing market. What's the impact on business? Because, obviously, we are the business community, so we have to consider Mm. these things. Um, And one of the things that I I liked was um, a way that you can resolve the issues. Um, This is quoted in many of the... um, Articles that I read: How you resolve the issues of splitting the bill in a restaurant, and
0: that's because there's nothing more annoying to me than sitting next to eight people who will go saying, "I didn't have the salmon, I had the," oh. and oh, it's seven pound fifty each, or it's oh, yeah, we, oh, oh.
1: <laughs> and then they start counting the money. So one of the um, examples they give in in these articles is a perfect use for a P two P app is that somebody pays the bill and then you give them the money back through the app and it's all done and dusted there's no fiddling around with change or eight different um, debit or credit cards having to do or go I'll do a bank the... transfer when I'm next yeah at my when computer. I next think about it yep. do it there yep. and then yep. on your phone on your watch whatever it is so um heather do you use p2p
0: apps well i don't i use contactless you know and i've used apps you know for particular places that you might pay via your phone. I've done yeah. that. Um, but I don't, and I use a little, um, a Monzo card, which is. Um, where you load cash onto a card and you use that card. Yeah. Um, so a prepaid card. Prepay yeah. card, yeah. And that's good for cash flow. But I don't do a lot of this, no. Mainly because I get my husband to pay for everything. No, no. No, 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 no. Did I say that on air? Uh, but but You're this, like the Queen. I am like the Queen. But I do hardly ever have any cash with yeah, me. Yeah, that's true. I, it's I don't It's really either. tricky. And then you go to go to a car park and you haven't got money to pay. And there are some really interesting stats around this. So I think I'm in the minority and I'm sure I'm going to have to catch up because WorldPay, that sort of well-known payment um, broker that's, you know, online, they say that uh, nearly a billion pounds was spent at the checkouts last year through this, uh, what they call, and I had to Google this, NFC, Near Field Communication. So this, this contactless, contactless idea, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's a three hundred. 28% year on year rise. And almost a third of consumers are now taking advantage of their phone's payment capabilities. And they think that that's going to grow again over the next 12 months. Uh, so this is the way forward. I think we're, we're recognising that. But I'm interested, I can see how it's really helpful in that scenario with the pain splitting the bill. But I'm quite interested in what the implications are for the business. So where yeah. those people are paying the bill. So is it better to have one transaction go through your bank and you only pay charges on that one transaction rather than getting cash? You
1: know, so there'll be two people who pay by yeah, card. And cash want... isn't a free system, exactly. is it? If you want to pay that into your bank, you pay exactly. charges to the bank for paying so it in.
0: I don't know enough about what the charges are, but I have to assume that that is the key benefit for the business because
1: well if you you look at what um the the izettles and the paypal readers Mm. did for small businesses a few years back it, it really made um card payments accessible to those businesses because to to um, user payment service like PayPal or iZettle or all the other ones that are They're around yeah. um, was so much cheaper for a small business than your standard high street bank credit card, which could be £400 a month. Yes. Yeah. Which a lot of small businesses small, couldn't carry yeah. that overhead. And it, it was a, a massive leap, I think, for a lot of small businesses. So this might be a similar sort of idea. I'm, I don't know, but I I know one business that it would be worth being in and that is the financial technology uh, business because mm-hmm. WhatsApp now WhatsApp's huge. They've got 1.5 billion monthly active users, and they've cottoned onto this peer-to-peer payments um, idea, and they're they're trialling it at the moment. So they trialled it in India. I'm not sure if they're rolling it out anywhere else. But as of February this year, it was being trialled, and it's got the potential to be a massive business for them, if. 20% of WhatsApp's monthly active users just spent $600 a year. That business could be worth $10 billion a year if they only charged half a percent transaction fee. And half a percent transaction fee is very low. So, you know, that 10 billion pounds from just 20% of their users spending $600 a year. So I can understand why WhatsApp are putting some time mm. and effort mm. into trialling this. And I think the financial technology sector is moving so much at the moment. There's a lot of disruptions going on in it. I think there's still a lot more happening and a lot more to happen.
0: One thing I found out, and I think there probably is a trade publication whether online or in printed form for pretty much everything. Well, there is a journal called the Payments Journal. It's an American publication, but um, I was having a look at what they had to you say didn't about subscribe, it. Did you? I didn't subscribe because you <laughs> know I don't have trouble sleeping. <laughs> but um, but it does just list. It, it gives some numbers and you know the growth and everything that we sort of touched on. But it says um, here are the top five reasons why small businesses should adopt mobile payment technology. One, it's the most convenient option for customers. I think, I think we get that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's dead easy. It's more secure because the, the thinking is that contactless is going to surpass all credit card fraudulent activity. Um, it's an opportunity to stay on top of new technologies. So, of course, once you're in it, you will keep abreast of things rather than slipping backwards. It makes bookkeeping easier. Yeah. Because you've got digital transactions, and
1: you know that's and they can automatically feed into your your accounts account based accounts yeah, package yeah. totally.
0: And finally, it improves the customer experience. And I think that you know that that's big. That's yeah. big. So I think there's some financial benefits in terms of the transactions through your banking, etc. But it saves time, and time is money. And I think that that's for business. That's
1: that's key, really. So if you've got any comments, if you're using them regularly yourself or you're um, using them for your business, then uh, the usual channels apply. Uh, Leave us a a comment on our blog, which is at the website, thebusiness.community. We've got some news and events for you this week, as you would expect.
0: Um, I've got one that's coming up uh, on the 28th, which is tomorrow, actually. Uh, so, getting quick. Um, this is an export advice clinic. Exporting is something that's fascinating me, and I keep thinking, I must be able to export what I do. I must be able to export what I do. So, the.
1: Yeah, I always think of exporting as exporting
0: things. Boxes, yeah. yeah. But you, I mean, particularly with technology, you know, why couldn't I go out and deliver training in. United Arab Emirates or... Export yourself. Or export myself, yes. Yes. Anyway, the Department of International Trade and Chester Chamber of Commerce are running an event 10 till 1 tomorrow. Um, So... That might be of interest if you're listening. Um, if you're listening to the podcasted version, then you've probably missed the boat there, I'm afraid. Uh, October the 1st, this is one that's caught my eye in Birmingham, uh, How to Be a Productivity Ninja. It's a full-day workshop, uh, and it's run by a lady called Grace Marshall, who I have seen speaking. Um, I've seen um, her do uh, a talk on this, and I've got her book. Uh, it's It will be high energy. It will be thought-provoking. It will be a great way of turning chaos into some semblance of order. So that's Monday, the 1st of October, 10 till 5, in the studio in uh, Birmingham. And then finally, I've got going into... November 1st of November 10:30 till 3:30 Holton and Warrington Business Fair just up the road uh, a showcase for Holton and Warrington businesses but of course a great way to network you can exhibit uh, you can visit the the event is free to attend uh, and there are uh, workshops and seminars business clinics networking opportunities y- you name it they've got it so I thought that looked like a goodie um, and I'll pop details of those and what you've got, Tracy, on the uh, blog
1: on our... Uh, website the community, and I've got a couple of local events. So get connected. These are free events for job seekers and professionals who want to meet leading North Wales employers. The next event is taking place at Redwither Tower on Wrexham Industrial Estate on Thursday, October the eighteenth, and also in Saint Asaph Leisure Centre on October the twenty fourth. You can enjoy refreshments and visit employer stands, looking at what they've got to offer and uncover job opportunities. You can get expert advice from the guest speakers with tips to help you to stand out from the crowd. You can also have a free headshot taken by a professional photographer to use on LinkedIn and there's also the uh, unveiling of Jobs in North Wales website which is a new online hub dedicated to showcasing what the region has to offer. Um, You'll be able to um, interact with the event sponsors who are Super Temps, Williams Estates, Williams Denton, Safety Media, Leighton Jones Photography and JVP Group. You do need to book your tickets and you can get those at jobsinorthwales.co.uk and also on Eventbrite but we will put the link of course on our website which is the business.community. Then a special mention out to friend of the show Gareth Hatton from Business Line. His next 360 networking meeting is on Tuesday the 9th of October. It's taking place at Atrium Suite of Redwither Tower. And that's on it, Rexman Industrial Estate. Free parking right outside. And the time of the event is 5pm to 6.45pm. There's opportunity for a bit of networking as well. And there's refreshments. And the guest speaker this month is Jim Smith of ACJ Risk Solutions. And the headline did catch my eye because I've spent a few months working on GDPR. And the headline says, bigger than GDPR. So my heart sank. Whoa. To be perfectly Whoa. honest, my heart sank. But um, in the businesses that I've been working with, I then read on and thought, oh, I can pass that on to somebody else. Because it's what you need to know about health and safety sentencing guidelines. Oh, OK. Yep. It sounds like it. it's a biggie. Um, but from... Um, what I can read on here, you need to be aware of some of the the fines and indeed prison sentences I assume for failure to um, fulfil your commitments in terms of health and safety and rightly so I should say Mm -hmm. but you can go and learn from Jim Smith at ACJ Risk Solutions for free um, if you've not been to a 360 networking meeting before and I believe even if you've been it's only £5 per meeting so well worth attending that. You can get the link for that on uh, rexham.gov.uk forward slash 360 hyphen attend or on our website. And finally, HM Revenue and Customs are quite keen to remind you that time is running out to register for self-assessment. Anyone submitting a self-assessment return for the first time will need to register by the 5th of October, okay, by next week, so that you can complete your return by the 31st of January. And 31st of January seems like a long time away, but if you've got to get registered by next week, you really do have to get this done. And if you're not sure, if you need to do self-assessment, there is a self-assessment tool at um, gov.uk forward slash self-assessment. And you can go on there. There's also web chats, webinars, YouTube videos, social media support, There's no excuse to not know whether you need to register for self-assessment but just to give you an idea a list of some people who do need to register for self-assessment. This list is not exhaustive but it's to give you an idea if you're in any doubt please do go and check and and find out if it applies to you. So if you've earned more than £2,500 from renting out property, if you or your partner receive child benefit and either of you had annual income of more than £50,000, if you receive more than two and a half thousand pounds in other untaxed income for example from tips or commission self-employed sole traders limited company directors shareholders employees claiming expenses in expenses in excess of two and a half thousand pounds and those who have an annual income over a hundred thousand pounds so if you don't know whether you're um, you need to apply just just have a little think, perhaps go on the website and check. A lot of people don't realise that if you earn more than £50,000 and receive child benefit, then you do have to register for self-assessment. It doesn't take long to go on and check. If you're not sure, make sure you go to the website gov.uk. You're listening to The Business Community on Calon FM and a little book we're going to talk about now. And I say little because it's on my phone. It actually might be physically quite a big book. I don't know. I downloaded that on Sunday uh, on the recommendation of the author, actually. And I trust him because he's a friend of the show. And it's called Me With three E's, me in a minute, 60 ways to improve your life in 60 seconds. The author is Sid Madge, who's previously been a regular guest on the former incarnation of this show, Talking Business. And he's one of those people who I've categorised as an easy win guest. I have a few of those still, um, you know who you are, because we don't need to do much prep when you come on the show, we just turn up and you can talk on any subject and Sid very much falls into mm-hmm. that category, He's a, um, let me have a look, um, his brand profile, I better actually give the full details of Sid, so from Amazon he's a, um, a brand expert. And a brand strategist, sorry, with over 30 years experience. And he's channeled his expertise to found the Me Programme, which is an initiative to help people understand and believe in themselves. And having heard Sid speak not only on the radio show, but also in workshops there there is something there in in Sid that he's is really able to communicate this sense of value to people. So the book I was a definite, I had to buy it and actually at the time it was only ninety nine P on Kindle. For a very short time, however, rather excitingly, today and for today only, it's free on Kindle. So if you've got yourself two minutes get your amazon app get your kindle out and go and have a look for me in a minute because you can have it for free and why wouldn't you because it's full of really interesting little chapters that you do literally take a minute to read so heather tell us what sort of things are in the book I, i've sort of done the outside and the roundabout bit what did you find because you've downloaded it too haven't you
0: yeah i yeah i downloaded it and and it, it, even just reading through the the index the contents um there's there are lessons there i mean for example um revel in your achievements never stop learning uh feed the good wolf um turn no to on power of thought breathe create positive habits you know these are all really good um mantras you know you if you just do those things without even reading the chapters, um, you'll be you'll be improving. But I, what I love about this book is that it is you can dip into it and dip out out of it. You can just read one of the sixty things, um, and it will just inspire you, motivate you to perhaps think, make a change, and also. I love quotes. You know, we oh, love quotes yeah, we on this show. Quotes, yeah. And every chapter begins with a quote. And not just try cheesy quotes, but quotes that actually are relevant to the section and and really make you think. And they come from, from great people. Uh, so I love all of that. There's one chapter. Shall I tell you about the chapter that I particularly like? Yes, go on. The chapter I particularly like, and if you're listening, Sid, then I think it's it's genius. And in fact, I've gone on to purchase the values cards. So chapter 10 is Know Your Values. And uh, in that, uh, Sid talks about, you kind of got to know what you stand for before you can start to tell everybody else what you stand for. Uh, And I think so often, we as individuals, and then thinking about it in business, and that's that's you know what what I'm particularly interested in is how does a business decide what its values are? Uh, because you could you could sit with a friend and a piece of paper and start to think about what your personal values are, but it's much harder to do it when there are you know ten people involved within an organisation but so this particular chapter is i think is really helpful because it gets you thinking in the right mindset uh, and then from that um i went on to buy the values cards which uh really then just inform thinking so it asks you questions so you know are you this are you are you adventurous uh, are you ambitious are you bold and each card has a little bit more for you to just focus on and you can hold it up and you can go Am I bold? Okay, what does that actually mean? Okay, are we as a business bold? Are we um, courageous, determined? Um, are we happy to follow a different path? Um, are we, you know, Can we deal with obstacles, whatever there might be? So it challenges thinking and, and really sort of informs discussion. Uh, so that's my favourite chapter, because I think that that has to be at the heart of us as individuals, but also as a business, you've got to kind of understand what you stand for.
1: Yeah. Like I you. I can't pick a favorite chapter. I'm oh, sorry. Can't you? It's one of those things um where I think every time I pick it up whichever one I read that that is my favorite chapter. Yeah. I do like the a Winnie the Pooh quote. There's always a good Winnie the Pooh quote uh, wherever S- Sid is involved. So uh, chapter 3 practice gratitude is one of my favorite quotes. Um Piglet noticed that even though he had a very small heart. It could hold a rather large amount of gratitude, oh. and I, I've got it on my phone. And I, it's one of those sort of things that to carry around with you to have in bite-sized chunks. Yep. I think uh, maybe if, like, if you sat there and ate a whole box of chocolates all in one go, you might feel a little bit sick. I think if you sat and read through each of these. It might not. I mean, for me personally, each one might not have as much meaning as dipping into one, maybe one a day or when you really feel that you need a little bit of inspiration and just taking it in those little portions have far more meaning for me personally um but whatever floats your boat really I think it's got a number of good reviews on Amazon I think people are liking the book very much so well done Sid oh,
0: yeah and one thing just on that I, th- I agree that you know if you sat and read it all I'm sure it would be it would be fine but it wouldn't it wouldn't embed itself and it wouldn't have so much weight but where I think it's a really good book is that there is a chapter that I know that I will refer people to a specific chapter? You know, when I'm coaching people, sometimes they'll be look. Hang on a minute. Why don't you just? Why don't you read chapter ten in that book? Why don't you? Because yeah. it it will get you thinking in the way that you need to be thinking to overcome or deal with or progress. And I, I
1: think that's, that's the thing, isn't it? You you you're faced with an idea, and then you have to have time to think about it a yeah. little bit. Yeah. And it might be that um, something that's not relevant to me today. If I read that again in six weeks' time so, um, or five or years I. time <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah indeed yeah. absolutely so the me program's really interesting. you can go and take a look at the the website. It's well worth seeing what um Sid and his team have been working on. The website is um me m e e e dot global and you you can actually um find out more about the book and the program that he's doing there.
0: There's some really good news about this book though isn't there
1: Oh yes, I, I think I mentioned that before about it being free today. Oh, I'm sorry. I, yes, sorry. I I, I was that. so excited. Sorry. I mentioned it right oh, at the right. beginning. Oh right. Okay. No, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. So, so
0: there'll be a spike on Amazon now where. Uh Everybody is downloading the book, and goodness me, you know, yeah. So why
1: wouldn't you? Paper copy from Amazon is nine ninety nine, which if you like it, some people really like the paper yeah. copy, and um, you know if you want to hold it, carry it round, write on it, whatever you want to do with the paper copy, that's nine ninety nine on Amazon. But I'm sure it's available from other bookstores as well, or directly from Sid maybe on his website. But yeah, Kindle for me is definite because it's it's in my pocket, so it's in my bag whenever you know I just need a little bit of a boost.
0: Yeah, I agree, and and I've got got it on my phone, and and that's wonderful for now. But I tend to forget what's on my phone. So so I think <laughs> at some point, you know, as you, you know, we've you know we've both got bookcases full of hard copy books, and. I think once I'm familiar, more familiar with it, I might then decide to buy the hard copy
1: because then I will remember it because it's on my bookcase. Actually, as well, if you're out and about facilitating workshops and you can take the book yeah. and turn to the relevant yep. chapter, that carries more weight. And uh, the front cover is pretty, it's nice, it's yeah. engaging yep. as well. as It's a it? good, so, book. It's, uh, yeah. good book yeah. to carry around. Yep. So you're listening to the business community on Callan FM, and if you want to hear the show again, it will be available on the Callan FM website for a week with music and all the talk at calonfm.com. But if you want to hear the show again for as long as me and Heather are prepared to pay the um, subscription <laughs> fee, then you can go to our website. It's um, an edited version, so it's just the talking, and. That's at the business.community. and there's also a few words on there, links to the events that we talk about and links to the books and the speakers that we've and speakers <laughs> and the leaders that we've featured in the show. And this week's business leader is Mary Portis. I have to admit, I have a little bit of a girl crush on Mary Porter's. I like her hair. I like her clothes. Having done the research on her now, I like her house very much so. And I've enjoyed watching her. She really only came to my awareness through the TV programmes. But um, having done a little bit of research on her now, then I... I'm liking what she's done and yeah I like the cut of a jib Heather so thank you for suggesting Mary Portis <laughs> she is um, according to her own website she is widely recognised as the UK's foremost authority on retail and brand communications she describes herself as a businesswoman an advertising executive retail expert government advisor broadcaster and commu- uh, consumer champion and uh, the name um Queen of Shops has also followed Mm. her around a bit. I think that's based on um, the work that she's done on TV. She began her career with John Lewis and then she worked for Harrods and Topshop, joined Harvey Nichols and actually joined the board before she reached the age of 30. And she's been credited with leading their, transfa- their transformation into a world-renowned fashion store. She got her own advertising agency and she's relaunched her career and their advertising agency and embarked on a number of personal projects. She's written a few books. The one that I wanted to give special mention to is her memoir called Shop Girl. And that's um, available at Amazon, but she's also published one on the art of retail and also on how to shop, which I think is linked to one of the TV programmes. She's a, a global retail ambassador for Save the Children and has been involved in setting up their new charity shop format, Living and Giving Stores, which I did at Google and they're all down in the southeast. East. So um, if you see them, well, you're out and about. Um, I'd be interested to know what they're like, but I've never seen one myself. Heather, what did you find out about Mary Porters?
0: Well, I mean, yes, she's got this TV presence. I, I think her career, sometimes people pop up on TV and you go, Well, who are you to comment on that? Well, you look at her CV. She has worked in retail, you know, at the sharp end. Uh, and I think what I like about her is that she is. She's a bit of a no-nonsense character. You know, she will say it like it is. Uh, but she does seem to have a handle on some of the challenges that face the high street. And let's not you know, make no bones about it. You know, every every town's high street is struggling at the moment. And that's all that we hear and all that we hear. And she was involved back in uh, 2012, I think it was, um, with something called Porter's Pilots, where the government asked her to... Um, invite uh, applications from towns around the country to uh, bid for some money that they would then that would then be invested in their high street and these were called porter's pilot towns and the reason I'm interested in this is they did two waves of it Uh, there was 1.2 million um, up for grabs and uh, Oswestry my local town pitched and were unsuccessful unfortunately but they did get a, like a consolation prize of about 10,000 pounds um but the the initiative i thought was a really good one because what it did in in writing the proposal and, and applying for the fund to for the um, the the fund um it really made people think about what the challenges were for their own high street, and then what a solution might be. Yeah.
1: So even if they didn't win, they, they they've gone, have gone through a, through a really a good, good process. exercise. Yeah.
0: And I, and I think that what you know why, why I love that is that we could all sit and moan about the problems, but actually, if we invested our time in thinking about solutions and doing that collectively, I think that would be a much more powerful. Um, way of thinking and and I think that that's what the government with Mary Portis um, were trying to do through that initiative and there were 12 towns uh, Bedford, Croydon, Bedminster, Liscard, Margate.
1: Um, Did you read the article um, where she was talking about this and uh, she's um, quite scathing of, of running businesses or anything by committee and uh, she got a little bit frustrated I, I believe um with this programme yeah. because they watered down everything yeah, and so yeah. she feels that it, it didn't really have the opportunity to succeed because they didn't actually follow her recommendations they were just politicised and lip service to it really yeah Yeah.
0: and that must be massively frustrating and particularly when it's your reputation that is attached to it yes one other thing that she that she talks about is is the whole um the changing face of retail which okay you know we online trading is here and i don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon so she talks very much about how shopping is much more of an experience now you go shopping as entertainment really uh and it, so if you if you're offering as a retailer is something where people can come and enjoy the experience and i always think when i think about this i think way back to the days when there was a massive borders bookshop up at cheshire on the cheshire. Oh, i love that shop. it was immense wasn't it a little, you could, little cafe and it had a cafe in it and that was it was like wow you mean they've got was it a costa or starbucks or whatever it was it's like what they've actually got a coffee shop inside this massive bookshop, and you could spend you could spend all day on a Saturday there if you wanted to. That it was about, a real
1: destination, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and it and it was pioneering. Whereas now, you, you know, this is much more common. There will be a little little area within shops now. Woolworths used to have a cafe. You know, th- this isn't rocket science, but it kind of all went away, and now it's coming back. Yeah, Debenham's in
1: Wrexham's got a cafe, the Costa there and um, Marks and Spencer's, you go through the cafe, it's one of the busiest places in in the actual shop, isn't it? Um,
0: And people, you know, people even if they're really focused, they are not going to just walk through a shop not look at anything, go and have a cup of coffee and walk back out without looking at anything it doesn't happen that way. And I'm not saying a coffee shop is the answer to everything but it's thinking about things differently and it's about solutions and I think that's what she's yeah, talking about. The current model,
1: the high street as we know, and we've talked about this in previous shows, haven't we? It clearly is failing. Yeah. At the very at one end with the pound shops and at the other end with House of Fraser. Yep. It's not working. Yep. So it really needs a rethink. And she's got ideas. Yeah. She's got suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um an article that I read that I really liked, um, and it's from The Guardian from May twenty eighteen. And the reason why I liked it is the first thing she says is, The Apprentice is just about the most hideous show on TV. Fair enough. That was going to be my quote from Mary Porter's, but I've got another one. But um, she talks about the problem of aggressive leadership and um, in tough business decisions having to be made. But it's more about dealing with the people and how they're working rather than, you know, being the alpha male. Um, she says she's less than impressed by big bosses who want to stamp their authority on organisations or bully their colleagues. She says tough business decisions don't have to be alpha you don't have to be ball-breaking to succeed. And she said that a bad alpha culture, and it's not necessarily just male, an alpha culture can be female as well, is corrosive to workplaces and is the antithesis of a culture where creativity is key. And so she says that if you take something like The Apprentice, Um, where she says it's the most hideous show on TV it's all based on how you can belittle each other and it's based on who's going to be the one with the biggest kahunas she doesn't say that word yeah yeah. Um, and the loudest mouth so not the person who's got there in the most creative way so I I like her it's worth reading around I haven't seen um, much of her on the TV recently but then to be honest, I don't watch a lot of TV. I tend to binge watch series. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was one other article that really caught my eye and that was in Habitat. and It was um, wire profiles that they do of celebrities and they, they went to her house. And uh, yeah, I, I covered the house. I'm not going to stalk her or anything. No, it doesn't sound no, no like No danger. It. No no alarms. <laughs> I think
0: I think she has been subject to some bad press or you know not bad press difficult press because she's not everybody's cup of tea. And some people, you know, might think who's this crazy woman with orange hair coming in and you know saying it like it is and they might not agree with what she's saying. But uh, I remember in particular there was one episode um of Mary Um, queen of shops I think it was and she was doing work with a charity shop and charity shops are often run by volunteers you know there might be a shop manager and it was how she was transforming the look of that charity shop so that it had additional oh that was a brilliant
1: show yeah Yeah, because it just
0: instead of it being what you would expect it started to look more vibey more edgy yeah
1: you Just know. simple things
0: like putting all the same colours together. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and not having too much stuff out, and having an, so that you can display rather than looking like a jumble sale. Um, common, you know, a lot of that's common sense, but um, I like it. What quote have you got then? So your- my
1: quote is: um, I really, really do believe that the future of being successful in work is going to be about embracing all of those wonderful things that women bring: empathy, collaboration, flexibility. All of those wonderful feminine traits we've suppressed for too long. Right. Okay. Did you have a quote, Heather? Um, Well, she. The thing that
0: I've gone for. I've already mentioned. Destination shopping is the future for stores of bricks and mortar. It has to have a reason. People have. You know, it's not enough just to be there. People have got to have a reason to come into your shop because yeah, they could just buy it online otherwise.
1: OK, well, we've run out of time. It's very nearly time for the news. so uh, We'll say goodbye, but we'll be back again next week with the Business Community on Callan FM. You've been listening to the Business Community with me, Tracy Jones. And me, Heather Noble. Join us again next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business.